you're having a dinner party. It's last mm-hmm. minute. You've realized the cocktail I'm making. This this happens to Bobby all the time. The specialty cocktail that Josh is making. We're missing an item. We're missing a piece. And it can't be. Su- There's no substitutes. We have to go yeah. to the liquor store. But we don't we have, have time. We have to get this particular vermouth or amaro. But we can't leave because the oven's on. What are you going to do? What's the solution? What would you do? DoorDash. Because I know that I can get local restaurants, local stores, local establishments and get it to my apartment in no time. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol delivers with DoorDash. Getting ready to host, looking to celebrate a special night in, what about a bottle of wine to pair with dinner or some beer to go with your chips and dip? No matter the occasion, if drinks are called for, DoorDash has you covered. And then you know what? You tip right within the app. They get 100% of the tip. You got to tip your DoorDash drivers always. So save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code WHO24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Term supply must be 21 plus to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Delivery and promotions available only in select markets. You will drain it. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And I'm at the top of the world. The top of the world. The top of the world tonight. Oh no. <laughs> Is that Lyle Lyle Crocodile? That's Shawn Mendes as Lyle Lyle Crocodile, featuring original songs from the musical team behind The Greatest Showman. Uh, Oh, God, as if it couldn't (laughs) get any worse. They've written songs for a queer-coded straight kid who broke his arm, P.T. Barnum, and now a crocodile who can sing, whose stepmom is Constance Wu. But who's voiced by Shawn Mendes. There is something deeply, like, fitting about Shawn Mendes singing these songs. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. So I was scrolling through Twitter and I came across a tweet that said Sean Mendez has been cast in some crocodile movie. And I was like, there's no way this is real. So I Googled it and it turns out that it is real. And just so many questions came to mind. Like, why is Sean Mendez in it? Since when does he act? Why is he playing an animated crocodile? What the hell is this movie about? And I would just love to hear your thoughts on it. All right, me and Greece, crunch, crunch. Did you notice that not once in the teaser for Lyle L. Crocodile, released by Sony Pictures Entertainment, uh-huh. do you hear Sean Mendez speak? He only sings about being on the top of the world. Do you think he only sings? I was wondering because the kid in the trailer, I never read this. I think I'm too old for this to have been a touch point in my childhood. The kid says like, but mom, he can sing. <laughs> so I'm not sure if it means he only sings or if he just can sing. Who does Javier Bardem play? He plays his uh, co-star. Because at the end, they're like dancing together on stage and Javier Bardem puts on a top hat. But also it's sort of a father. I'm not sure if it's a father figure or a business partner. So he is playing himself (laughs) per usual, Javier Bardem. (laughs) People exclusive. Sean Mendez says lending his voice to Lyle Lyle Crocodile felt natural. (laughs) Hold on. I have the answer for you. Sorry to interrupt. I, even though I asked a question, this People Magazine exclusive article about Lyle Lyle Crocodile says, what was really amazing was that Lyle as a character only sings. So I felt really comfortable playing his character, Mendez 23 tells People. That's fun because it means that there's less acting, you know, like. Right. I could see that actually being kind of a relief for uh, someone who's known as a musician who gets his first like voiceover work. You know, if you're only singing, you're doing what you do. I could see any spoken Sean Mendez kind of coming out like that line spoken by Polly Shore in the in the God. Um, oh no! <laughs> in the oh, <laughs> in the what's it called? What's that? A Pinocchio you love trailer? You know, Encino Man. Oh, you meant Pinocchio. Oh, no. what does he say? He says, "Mom, I want to see the world." You know, like and everybody kind of clowned it. It's, it was a great line. I think they got Where it. Where is it? I want to from I the movie. Here it, here it is again. <laughs> Mom, I am going to see the world. It feels very much like that. Father, when can I leave to be on my own? Yeah, it's very Sean Mendez. Sean Mendez speaking as a crocodile could be giving that. It's certainly not giving dots. 
Wow, Sean Mendez ends this profile saying, I'm a huge Richard Curtis fan, <laughs> so we have to stand. I've fully changed my opinion about Sean Mendez. Well, he asked what he wants to do. It's like, what kind of role do you want to be in? And he's like, I'm just going to keep singing as crocodiles until Richard Curtis calls. Richard Curtis, put him in a movie. Richard, give Sean Mendez a call. If anyone's going to write a great role for Sean Mendez, it's going to be Richard Curtis. I agree. Four weddings and a crocodile. You are listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Let's start with comments as usual. Hey, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. I'm sure you're getting a lot of calls about this, but um, I was thinking about actors who played um, their parents or their parents' roles and, you know, uh, Ice Cube's son playing him in Straight Outta Compton comes to mind. And then also I was thinking that recently James Gandolfini's son played Tony Soprano in the, in the prequel. And even though, you know, that's not him playing his dad, it's him playing, you know, his dad who has passed in one of the most iconic roles of all time. So, you know, uh, no pressure. But, you know, my question for y'all is, you know, what do you think in terms of nepotism and the ability to kind of launch yourself into stardom, into themdom, is it a good idea or a bad idea to kind of play this version of your parents? Or does this kind of, you know, push you to always being in your parents' shadow? Let's know what you thought. Love y'all. Leanne Cuisine, Crunch Crunch. The, the caller, this is good. So Ice Cube's son and James Gandolfini's son played their fathers in recent movies, Straight Outta Compton and Oh, what was the Sopranos movie? The Many Saints of Newark. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's good or bad for a career? Do you think it shoehorns them into staying in their parents' shadow? Um, well, they can't really play their parents again. Right, but, right. I mean, I think James Gandolfini's son playing him in a prequel worked because he pulled it off and his father is no longer with us, which makes it a little bit more emotionally grounded Mm -hmm. in kind of a it's a more sweet tribute versus being maybe more of a kind of one trick pony situation and he i think he's been working since then and so has o'shea jackson jr he's in the obi-wan kenobi show you know i think he's doing fine it seems like this is a good idea you know i mean breaking into hollywood is half the battle like getting that first role so if you have to get the first role playing your parent fine it's probably helping both of them get work okay next call hi weekly um long time long time so I had to pause the talk because you were talking about Daniel Hum, um, Demi Moore's new boyfriend. And he's actually a really famous chef of 11 Madison Park. And um, recently there was an article that came out about how he, his, I think it was a business insider, I want to say, um, about how basically one or two years ago the entire restaurant um, decided to go vegan all of a sudden. And since then, he's, like, really kind of, like, fucked up the whole restaurant. There's all these scandals that have happened, um, one with one involving Woody Harrelson. So he's kind of someone who I feel like was a really well-respected chef, and now he's just, like, I don't know, like, using his connections to become a celebrity. Um, anyway, I highly recommend the article. Um yeah, really interesting stuff. The Woody Harrelson story is really funny, too. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Lindsay and Bezler. Bye. How does this involve Woody Harrelson? Okay, I'll start with the Woody Harrelson story uh, from the Business Insider piece before we move on to Daniel Hum. So it says, Five people said Hum rarely visited the kitchen during service, except to take VIP guests on tours, laughing with them as cooks silently prepared meals. Yervez recalls the chef personally calling in Angelina Jolie's agent to invite Jolie to the reopening. One memorable 2021 kitchen tour ended with Woody Harrelson and Hum dancing around the kitchen and lighting up a joint, an event that delighted some employees while disgusting others. Quote, he acted like an idiot, a former front of house employee said. Wow. So this caller is saying that the timing is almost too weird that Mm -hmm. Demi Moore is going public with her relationship with this guy and he's going through a very public scandal with his Mm -hmm. very high high profile restaurant Restaurant. in taking over their kitchen, turning it vegan and royally fucking up the entire system. Mm Mm-hmm. 
A former employee calls it a farm to trash pipeline. That's so funny. <laughs> That's funny. This is like a Business Insider premium story. Shout out to them. And this isn't like cheap vegan food. This is like the most expensive meal in New York. But, you know, <laughs> One of them. you're yeah, eating vegan sure. and you're eating poorly. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. The kicker on this story is an interview with a line cook who worked at it before and after. And he just goes, it's definitely not as good as it was before. Definitely not worth the cost. Right. And they were accusing the menu was vegan, but it was they were doing so much uh, waste. There was so much food waste that Mm -hmm. whatever the mission was supposed to be, not all vegan missions have to do with food waste. But like, Mm -hmm. you know, some of them do. And this feels very antithetical to like the mission of the restaurant. Right. The mission being like a more ethical way to consume food. Right. Why you're eating vegan a lot of the time or why somebody might come to a really fancy restaurant for an all vegan meal, which is unusual Mm -hmm. these days. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay, so if you do play this, you have to change my voice. But uh, obviously, there have been rumors surrounding Funny Girl about Liam Fell coming in, replacing Guinea Feldstein. But I have the inside tip that she indeed is because I know somebody who is friends with the person negotiating the contract. Um, she's coming in to play. <laughs> The lead role, which is hilarious because of, you know, we know the Twitter memes and all that shit, but they're doing it because her team is trying to rehabilitate her career, and also Jane Lynch now has a hard out for when Leah Michelle starts. Um, I know this isn't news news because things are being leaked about her doing this, but uh, her coming in and Jane Lynch literally having a hard out for when Leah starts is really lovely so yeah um haven't called in a long time crunch crunch god i didn't even think thank you to this anon caller who i guess the news they called before the news was out but even the news is still rumored the news is not official by anyone i thought they just confirmed by weird i think they did confirm no it's not confirmed anywhere it's confirmed by like showbiz 411 well i also got it confirmed independently by somebody who would know and mm-hmm. was shocked because both you and I were on the team. This is never going to happen. It's, it's like in, there's no way. It's insulting to Beanie Feldstein in a way that is like so rude. I thought very rude. I thought it was insulting. Not that I really give a shit about Leah Michelle, but like I thought it was insulting to her. I was like, why would she take like the leftovers here? You yeah, know? but that's not the leftovers to her. First of all, she's can she can come in and turn the production around and be the savior. And she's on a high because she just did her whole like press tour for Spring Spring Awakening revival thing, that whole thing. And I think she's riding high because everybody loved it because people love that musical and she's a huge part of it. And I think it's like they kind of forgot like that we're not supposed to like her or whatever. It is so, so, so funny. I did not put it together until the caller said that Leah Michelle comes in as Jane Lynch leaves and that is like the perfect (laughs) revolving door of like glee. Like Jane Lynch does not want to work with Leah Michelle, I'll tell you that. If Leah's here, I'm not here. And that actually speaks to the fact that it's definitely true because Jane Lynch had a six-month contract, but a lot of people renew those contracts. Like, they're not Mm -hmm. like, usually you stay longer. I mean, the entire publicity for the show is wrapped around her image. It's not even like the the cartoon that they have in the front of the theater is... It's Beanie. It's yep. not Leah. You know what I mean? If you are the illustrator who made the, the Beanie cartoon, <laughs> please call us and let us know if you've already done the, the Leah silhouette. I mean, I just I seriously think that the Spring Awakening reunion was a soft launch to see if Le- if people would like accept Leah back in if she was singing, mm-hmm. if she was doing a theater thing. Right. Like it's it's almost like she's doing what she does best. Right. She's staying, quote unquote, in her lane, you know. Mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. if we're okay with it. And people were okay with it. They, you know, forgot that she made people's lives miserable on the set of Glee. It'd be one thing if Leah Michelle was just like kind of bullying people on the set of Glee, but it was like worse <laughs> than that. Like she was being awful to people. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a difference between, oh, Leah Michelle was being mean to me on set and like, oh, Leah Michelle was making horrible racist remarks repeatedly and now I'm like yeah, right. traumatized. That's what I'm saying, right. Because I think I'm hearing a lot of people being like, whatever, she was just like a bitch on a set when she was like 17 years old. Like who cares? It's Or whatever, 19 years old. And it's like, I wouldn't care no. if it was just that either. You know, I'd say yeah, like, is- I'd say I love it. She's playing 
you know, th- that's, you know, she was method. But, you yeah, know. Yeah, listen to our episode about, I think Samantha Ware is in the title of the episode where we talked about Samantha Ware and all of the stuff that Leah did to her. So it's like, for all of those reasons, this felt unbelievable to me. And I still sort of cannot believe that it's happening. But everyone yeah. seems to be saying it's happening. But people forget. People have short memories. And, you know, like, her talent is immense. So mm-hmm. they said, bring her on. And this is like, when you go through all the clips of how many songs from this show she's already sung on Glee, it's almost like ridiculous that she wouldn't. Mm-hmm. There's even a clip that I found from way back where she's s- sitting on Watch What Happens Live and Andy Cohen is like, hey, some so-and-so just bought the rights to, or I think it's Ryan Murphy, just bought the rights to Funny Girl. This was a million years ago. Would you want to play that role? Oh, of course, of course, of course, you know? I heard Ryan Murphy bought the rights to Funny Girl. With you in mind for future productions, is that still going to happen? Please say yes. I hope so. I I really hope so. I think that we were thinking of doing it right after Glee, but I did a lot of the songs from Funny Girl on Glee, so it felt like a little soon. But I feel really ready to do it now, so maybe we can do it soon. It does feel like, you know, she almost shot herself in the foot by saying she would play it, and then when she didn't, it was like, ay, ay, ay. But now there's this redeeming thing. In a way, it's a little bit triumphant, like, you know, Critics are going to walk out of this being like, oh, no, that was really good. Well, <laughs> oh, I, I mean, no. well, people are forgetting that the musical was panned alongside Beanie. Like, it wasn't just like mm-hmm. Beanie sucks. The musicals are The revival fantastic. itself was Yeah, they said, funny girl, oh, it's okay, I guess. And Beanie doesn't make it better. So the question is, can like Leah Michelle elevate this musical that's like feeling like meh, you know? Mm-hmm. I'll take a free ticket. <laughs> will I pay? I don't know. <laughs> I will certainly take a free ticket. <laughs> I'd see it. For free. <laughs> Caller, <laughs> you seem to know a lot of things. And if you know how to get free tickets, oh, let us know. It's just crazy that you're right. This is, it's been rumored. It's practically confirmed by anyone who knows anyone who maybe knows anyone who works in the theater realm. And yet we're somehow waiting to confirm it in the press. Like, what are we waiting for? Do you think they're holding off because it's like rude? They probably want to be respectful to Beanie. Yeah, because she's her, back. Like, goodbye for... post. Time to breathe. Right. You know, this reminds me of New Coke where Coke releases new Coke and the conspiracy is that they knew it would be a flop. And then when they bring back Coca-Cola Classic, they're like, oh, isn't this what you wanted to begin with? Is Beanie Feldstein the new Coke? (laughs) You know, did they bring up Beanie Feldstein knowing she would flop? This is interesting you say this because it's kind of like what happened with Beanie Babies. Yeah. They kept saying Beanie Babies were leaving, but they were never leaving. They kept coming back. (laughs) They were never leaving. Do you know what I mean? They tried to. I know what you mean. They tried to make them feel scarce, but they, you know, mm-hmm. it didn't work, and they were a huge flop. Shout out to yeah. the Beanie Baby documentary that I saw on HBO. I think. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, and Kenny, um, longtime listener, many time caller. You never played any of my calls before, um, and if you play this one, it'll actually be kind of annoying because I hate math, but. Um, Denica McKellar um, did um, solve a theorem uh, when she was at UCLA, and it's something called the Chase McKellar Wynn theorem, and it has to—I don't know—it's something to, something about it says uh, proving that there could be multiple states of thermal equilibrium, whatever that means. I don't know. I was an English major. Um, I'm sorry, I have COVID right now which is why I sound like this. But um yeah, so she 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 did do a theorem. I don't know if theorems are something that you do, whatever. Um she did. Um uh Goofhorn, Bella Thorne, all of that. Um I got COVID and it really sucks. And I was double vaxxed and double boosted. It's no joke, people. There's still a pandemic. Mask up. Mask up. Bye. We never talked about the theorem. We may have read, I co-authored a mathematical physics theorem when she did her 25 things in July 2020. We may have talked about that. <laughs> Damn it. But I don't think we named it because I searched all of our docs and we've never talked about the theorem in And all this of our was docs. because I taunted her and I said, do some math. And I'm sorry, she did some math, I guess. I I don't know. She, she did math. She, she co-authored a mathematical physics theorem now called the Chase-McKellar-Wind theorem. Yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely. She did an interview with NPR where she talked about it and says this, quote, we took a two-dimensional mathematical model of magnetic material and proved a theorem about it. It's called the Ashkin-Teller model, and it's a pretend two-dimensional lattice grid representation of this material, and it has properties based on temperature. One of them is called percolation, and another one is called whether it has multiple Gibbs states or not. Okay. 
I can't read any more of that, but good for her. <laughs> the Times wrote about this a million years ago, and they wrote, she even managed to combine math and acting for one role in a production of Proof, the Pulitzer Prize-winning play oh. by David Albert in her hometown of San Diego. She played the main character, a young woman who claims to have solved a complicated mathematical proof. I've only seen the proof with Gwyneth. Of course. But this is cute. She played person who solved a proof, and she had in real life had solved a proof. Yeah, that's good. Now she's on gag. I'm sorry for saying go do something useful like solve a theorem. She already solved a theorem. Now she can fuck off on gag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. okay. Yeah, okay. I'm eating crow. Sorry. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I'm sure you're getting a billion calls about this, but I just saw that Pop Crave posted that Diane Warren is receiving an honorary Oscar. Um, yeah, it's big news. Exciting times. Crunch, crunch. Like, it's like, uh, who else is getting It's Diane Warren, Peter Weir. I don't care who else. I mean, these are all, they. everyone has their own scenario, but for Diane, it's very... Michael J. Fox hasn't been nominated for 15 Oscars. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. And not won any of them and up until up until this last year. It's n- we're not talking about we're talking about like it's a current affair. You know, it's a current affair. Yeah. She sounds very excited about it. She's getting so, her like, Oscar. She's getting her Oscar. I'm saying like she deserves better than this. But to her, it seems like publicly she's hyped for this. And she's like, this rules. I still can't believe this. Wow, what a dream come true. I've been waiting a pretty long time to say the words. <laughs> I'd like to thank the Academy. Tongue out, winky face. Thank you, everyone, especially my dear friends and governors of the Academy. Not tongue out, winky face. You can't do tongue out, winky face on stage. That's for sure. Uh, she seems happy. You know, it's interesting because it's just more like... Like, they know that she might not necessarily pull off the Oscar outside of this type of award. And we've seen from her recent work with Rita Ora that, I don't know. The the really fucked up thing is that Gaga's going to win the Oscar this year. (laughs) (laughs) Gaga's like... Yeah, what even is her competition? I mean, Lyle Lyle Crocodile? I don't know. Pesek and Paul at Lyle Lyle Crocodile? I don't know what else there is. Right. I mean, truly... I mean, Hold My Hand is the song to beat. My Hold My Hand merch shipped yesterday. I know. It's crazy. That <laughs> Did you're... I send you that? It's crazy that you bought um, Hold My Hand Top Gun Army Propaganda merch and it's shipped to you out after the movie is like about to leave theaters, you know? Well, that's like when I bought the Stupid Love shirt before yeah. the pandemic, but it was delivered mid-quarantine, like horrible New York City quarantine. And I was like, well, this is a bright spot, I guess, I don't, but I, I don't know where to wear it. I think Steven never received his Gaga is chromatic a jock strap. He says too. he never got his jock. He never, it never shipped. It's crazy, this merch system. No, it's crazy. It's crazy to release Top Gun Lady Gaga merch. I'm sorry. That's crazy. She's crazy for that one. And you're absolutely certifiable for buying it. Well, you know. Where are you going to wear this? Your house. The certifiable, <laughs> the certifiable thing is that. I showed you this when you added the Lady Gaga Top Gun merch to your cart. It goes, would you like to throw this in too? And it was trying to add love for sale. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't but want to pay for love for sale out, on CD. Love for sale merch is timeless. You bought something quite timely. You know what? You can wear it at the Oscars this year. That's like, true. That's next year or whatever. You can buy, what you wear it at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Okay. So Diane Warren does seem very excited about this. It feels rude for for a reason because it's like, oh, she's not winning it legitimately, legitimately, blah, 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 blah. But they're still thinking of her and it is an honor and she seems to be honored by it. And in an interview with Variety, she says that she's going to keep it on the piano so that she can look at it all the time. And she says, I'm so excited to have gotten this. The Governor's Award is some pretty deep respect. And I think knowing that it's coming from people that she respects is still something. No, I mean, I think that she wants recognition from the Academy and this is it. It's not even about for her the ego. It's a, maybe it's a little about the ego. But like, it's a little about the ego. It does feel like, please notice the fact that I've been nominated 400,000 times and like each time via some sort of fluke I've lost. Some flukes, yeah. some not flukes, but some genuine flukes, you know? Right. And sometimes, and like, yeah, the the Reba song from the bad movie with Glenn Close and Mila Kunis was a terrible song. But you look back on her nominations and it's like, she should have won four times before this and she yes, didn't. Yes, definitely. So fine. Good. I'm right. glad the Oscars feel guilty for not having given this to her earlier. Let's play the next call. 
Who Weekly is brought to you by Squarespace. As usual, we love Squarespace. We love Squarespace. It's the only way we will ever have a website. (laughs) Is Squarespace. You're right. Because it's easy. Because I can update it very fast when things go crazy with tour announcing, which we might have to do relatively soon. Might? Uh, Might? You said, we just came and saw you. I said, well, this is a this is a 365 podcast. We're planning ahead. Everyone's everyone's doing live shows these days. So all the venues are getting booked up. So we have to book our tour, which is far away pretty soon. But we already know we already know the dates. We're ready to update the website on Squarespace. And we also already know how to put them on the website, which is like half the battle because it's Squarespace. Exactly. And we've done this for a long time. And it's very, very easy. We love Squarespace because... It's very easy to update things. We love Squarespace because we have a contact form, which is the way most people get in touch with us. Even though we have a very easy to remember email address, which is what's read up to at gmail.com, people would prefer to just use the contact form on Squarespace because Squarespace is easy. And on our website, it's easy to find our press clippings. It's easy to find embeds of the podcast. It's easy to find anything you need to know about our podcast. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, go to squarespace.com slash who to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. I was in Florida this past weekend and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crops. It'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone It'll photo that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly. With it. comments and everything. It'll just be on, <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes. So it's extra blurry, but you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No, but do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm-hmm. figure, it's a great mother's day gift. Whoever the mother in your life is, you can connect it to your oh, yeah. aura app. And, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting you gotta be careful. My photos. You got to be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it, but you should do it. You got to be a little bit careful. But <laughs> Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. Uh, Hulu's been really pushing good luck to you, Leo Grande, on me. Uh, but who's Daryl McCormack? Any more info? Crunch, crunch. Leanne Cuisine. I cut this from our last episode, but we went off on a little bit of a tangent recommending this movie on Hulu, and I, I'm sad that I cut it, but I knew we would end up talking about it again. Well, it was very clear that after you see this movie, which I think that Hulu, I didn't even know it was out until you texted that you had watched it. I, I think Hulu's doing a terrible job with with. I wrote about this, this in my Crunch Crunch. You can see it on patreon.com slash weekly. So Daryl McCormick, if you're watching this movie, you're definitely going to call about this guy, oh, especially if you've star. never seen Peaky Blinders, because I've never seen Peaky Blinders. Well, <laughs> but also even if you'd seen Peaky Blinders, like our friend Fran, who's a Peaky stan, said didn't even recognize this yeah. guy from Peaky Blinders, because I guess he plays kind of a random somebody's son or something you know yeah he does say in an interview that like he never gets recognized for Peaky Blinders he's like I look completely different in real life than I do in Peaky Blinders because the costuming is so intense you know he's so handsome this guy I mean truly like just it's just it's wild and I know it's the movie does its job in creating a fantasy that he is a fantasy and like that's why but also he's just hot (laughs) So why are we talking about Daryl McCormick? He is an Irish actor who stars in Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. A terribly named movie on Hulu, but it's fantastic film. That's basically just him and Emma Thompson talking across various weeks in a hotel room for 90 minutes. And he's a sex worker and she's like a retired woman who's only had sex with one person, her late husband. And she's like... 
I want to fuck you, but it makes me uncomfortable. And that's what the movie's about. You really don't need to go into that much. (laughs) Well, I think it's important in like talking about like how we, it's like, it's not like Bridgerton sexy. That's like very like populist, broad, easy to get into sexy. It is like a talky movie. That's a harder sell than something like Bridgerton or Outlander or a movie like Deepwater, you know, like. Yeah, but I think it's just as sexy, if not more sexy than Bridgerton. Like if I think it's actually more sexy than Bridgerton. Mm -hmm. This is like, might as well be a play. It's it's a literal two-hander. There's two characters, maybe one, there's probably one extra character who's that waitress, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's, it's such a, it's such a COVID movie. It's still so good. It's so easy to watch. And I just, I think he is like, this is, I think if this had a little bit more publicity, like this guy would get a real push. They're both doing a lot of press for it. And he is getting interviewed everywhere. But like, I still didn't know that this movie had come out until you texted me about it. Yeah. But the but the press that he's getting feels very warranted and makes me feel like he is the type of person who could kind of become a breakout then. Like, this doesn't feel like a one-off thing to me. Not that it's exactly the same, like, with Thelma and Louise and Brad Pitt, but this is one of those movies where, like, you've never heard of this guy, and the moment the movie is over, you're like, who the fuck was that? Right. Like, he should get the attention that um, What's-His-Face got after Bridgerton season one. What's-His-Name... Reggie Jean Page. Thank you. I want this guy to get what Paul Mescal got, the attention that Paul Mescal got. Mm-hmm. Like, I want, you know, I want that for him. But it really does feel like the winds of promote, the winds of promotion and what people are watching and what, like, takes off. Maybe this is a slow grow. Mm-hmm. Not a slow that burn. was supposed to be a double entendre. Maybe this is like, you know, maybe this takes time. Maybe mm-hmm. we need to talk about it so more people can watch it and say, damn, that was hot. Yeah. So he's done Irish stuff before. He was in uh, an Irish soap opera. He's in Peaky Blinders, which is, you know, the Irish, like a gang. It's a gang. And what's his name? Killian Murphy's in it. Do not ask me what Peaky Blinders is about. I don't want to even talk about Peaky Blinders. And Lindsay found out that before he was like working, a working actor on TV, he was in a PSA for the Irish referendum 2013, where they were voting on something called, I looked this up and I was like, what's this? Um, Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't want to look it up. What was it? It was some Irish referendum, but he wasn't picking sides. It was just like, be sure to vote. Like, you have a voice, Irish. And he spoke in Gaelic. Speaking in Gaelic is the true. Like, you have to play this. He's like, I'm Irish. It's so good. I want to hear it again. I love it. Every Irish citizen has a vote. And no matter what the politicians or the media or any other group in the country want, only you and I have the power to make the decision. By voting. Is Fader la Gok Seronok Ernok Volta Akahov. Augustus Kamakada Dern the Politori, no Namyon, no Ain Grupa Elisatir. Okay. <laughs> I'll vote. I'm voting. <laughs> I'm gonna vote. I'm voting. I can't vote. I just voted actually, but not in Ireland. So like I was saying, he's doing a lot of press. Um the meatiest piece that I've read about him so far is in The Guardian. Um they say he looks like a guy in an advert for a sixty thousand pound watch, which I think is a good way of describing him. So he talks about like how he grew up in Ireland. He was one of the only like biracial kids that he knew. Everyone else was white. And he mm-hmm. talks about his early career and also every other interview is like, what was it like? fucking Emma Thompson and I know. he's like it was easy it was great we didn't even have an intimacy coordinator like we just like got along great and the director was wonderful and Emma Thompson and I are best friends now like we're totally mates I love her she loves me it's iconic well it's like it's hard because it's like what do you ask in a movie like this I mean you can ask a little bit about like the person who wrote it and like what you know whatever but then it's like obviously what everybody wants to ask is like wow what a like capital b brave movie mm-hmm. for emma thompson you know what i mean yeah. and it's like that's clearly the kind of press that this movie is going to get no matter what you do and he's i would say he handles it really well and so like and they both handle it really well mm-hmm. i mean she's seasoned she's a pro so it's like you know whatever yeah and his next show is he's an apple tv plus show with sharon horgan another irish uh icon Oh, wait, I've heard of that one. It's called Bad Sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, watch Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. Good luck to you, Daryl McCormick. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy, uh, long-time listener, medium-time caller. I'm calling to inquire about Luke McFarlane. I keep seeing ads for the movie Bros, and he plays um, Billy Eichner's love interest. And based on a... Preliminary Google search, I have gathered that he has a prolific um, Hallmark Christmas movie resume, and he's Canadian, and that's kind of it. 
So is there anything interesting about this man, or is he just a hunk? Thanks so much. Crunch, crunch. Wow, two breakout 2022 rom-com hunks in a row. Rom-drom hunks in a row? Well, breakout, we haven't seen bros yet, so I can't, yeah. I can't say whether this is breakout. But I will say that I find it really fucking charming that this guy who is a prolific Hallmark leading man is going almost as you were backwards in the normal career trajectory to star in a rom-com that is big budget, uh, like Hollywood, you know, studio. Yeah, yeah. Not that I've watched many of them, but I've never watched a Hallmark movie and seen someone, not like a Danica McKellar that I recognized from my childhood or something. I've never seen someone new in a Hallmark movie and said, they should be in the movies. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, that doesn't it's happen. It's so unique and so special to go backwards, but you're also going forwards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That The idea that you're kind of, usually you're washed up when you're doing Hallmark as a, as, and not Hallmark one time or whatever. I'm talking about, he's prolific. We're talking seven, eight, nine Hallmark movies. Yeah. Single All the Way, Christmas in My Heart, Taking a Shot at Love, Chateau Christmas, A Valentine's Match, Sense, Sensibility, and Snowmen, Just Add Romance. A Shoe Addict Christmas. Addict, I've seen which that Which is one. one of my favorites. I've seen that Karen one. Karen Kingsbury's Maggie Christmas Miracle, The Birthday Wish, The Mistletoe Promise, Christmas Land. I mean, we're, this is, this is I've a body of work. I've only seen two of these. <laughs> oh, I've seen three saw, of these. You saw Single All the Way, I right? I saw Single All the Way. I saw uh, A Shoe Addict's Christmas, and I've seen Taking a Shot at Love. I do love that, unlike all the gagheads who defected, he signed a multi-picture deal with Hallmark. He's sticking. He loves. Well, you know why? Still. Because he's blind. Well, because... I mean, he's gay. <laughs> I mean, he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy's also... So he's like 42. We were talking about... Um, we were talking about Daryl McCormick, who is like 29, but that's even kind of late for a, for a breakout role, like to be almost 30. This guy's in his 40s and getting like the breakout treatment, even though he is kind of, in in addition to Hallmark, an established television actor too, because he was in Brothers and Sisters for so long. Well, that was when his so-and-so breakout was, though, is he was on Brothers and Sisters. He had this very meaty role where he was in like, a, his love interest was none other than Matthew Reese, And they had this big kiss like this they were in a they were in a they were in a romantic relationship on the show abc network television and then in 2008 he came out it was in people magazine it was like this big thing and he's like yeah he's gay in real life too oh my god and the i think that was supposed to be kind of the big breakout and then he just ended up doing hallmark i mean ended up but like you know like maybe for him that was like he very happily did it Mm -hmm. but he did many he did many heterosexual hallmark movies before he ended up doing a gay one which was a big deal. They mm-hmm. promoted the hell out of it as being the first one. And I think Billy Eckner was like, come on, come up to the big leagues. <laughs> that's that's but, fun. But also uh, the movie that Billy Eckner is making did not exist in culture, could not exist in culture until he made it. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and to talk more about like promotion, good luck to you. Leo Grand is this like Sundance movie that people really liked at Sundance. I, I didn't realize it was, it was one of the Sundance movies that was supposed to premiere in person but then because of omicron it premiered online so even from the sundance premiere it was like a streaming thing hulu buys it they put it online they're releasing so many movies this summer we got that email from like all these hulu movies and it's just like it's just being dumped in this batch of summer movies then you have bros which is it seems like they're pushing hard and spending a ton of money it's not the same thing it's a theatrical movie but like still it it continues to surprise me the, the amount of money that they are spending on bros i mean it's it's theaters are bust which is like yeah. kind of great because you know you look at fire island and you're well, like we can, wow i wish it was like i wish i'd seen a fucking theater right 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 good luck leo grande i get why that wasn't in theaters it makes kind of more sense to be a quieter yeah. situation but but in terms of like i think Billy Eckner was like, if this doesn't hit theaters, like I'm not doing it in a way. You know what I mean? Yes. It has like it has to. So this is a big deal for him. Uh, what else? Is there anything else interesting about him? He's Canadian. He used to sing music. He's, he's done really it good all. friends with Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Tony Award well, winner Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Yeah. He's also a woodworker and he made Jesse Tyler Ferguson a crib. That was like one of the one of the things on his Instagram that I noticed. His Instagram name is 10 underscore minutes underscore younger, which I don't quite get, but it's nice. Not his name. What does that mean? Does he have a twin? He said, trying to master the hand cut dovetail at hashtag hand tools only. It's a work in progress and hard practice, practice. The only way to get to woodworking Carnegie Hall. That's when he was making this crib. <sighs> yeah. The reason his Instagram is 10 minutes younger is because he's a, he, he has a twin Stop. sister. Oh, so he he's 10 minutes twin. younger. He's 10 Aww. minutes younger than his twin sister, Ruth. 
Okay, yeah. that's some fun. That's a fun fact. That's a little cute. That's a little cute. That's a little cute. That's a little cute. McFarlane also plays the cello, and this skill was used in the Hallmark movie Chateau Christmas. <laughs> he also plays the trumpet. <laughs> okay, this guy's really talented. Wow, two hunks in a row. Hi, Weekly. My 20-year-old assistant is shocked, dismayed, horrified that I don't know who someone named Bozzy is. I have quite literally never heard of this person. It's spelled B-A-Z-Z-I. She thinks I'm crazy that I don't know him. Am I just old? Is he a Gen Z thumb? I have a lot of questions. Thank you. Leanne Cuisine. Crunch, crunch. Good form, Bella Thorne. I feel bad for this person whose 20-year-old assistant is saying like gaslighting them to thinking they have to know who this is, you know? Mm-hmm. Because who is he? Who is Bozzy? I only know the one oh, yes. song. I feel very much like he's like Zed again or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's but but I know that he's not actually just like he's not a Zed producer again. guy. He's a singer. He is like more of a singer. No, he's a singer. He's not a DJ. Yeah. Right. But like he has the look of a producer. Well, he also has a Gen Z haircut, which is the, you know, s- smooth, uh, short on the sides, curly on the top. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very Justin Timberlake. It's back, apparently. It's everywhere. It's like it drives me crazy. It's everywhere. It's And it's fascinating because have you seen all those blind items about Justin Timberlake having a hair piece? Sorry. I'm sorry. But have you seen those? No. You saw him dance, right? Yeah. I, I think it showed my age that when I saw the viral video of him dancing that everyone was making fun of, I was like, what's the problem? He <laughs> <laughs> <It> looks good. <laughs> like, what's the problem? <laughs> you said, there he goes. <laughs> there he goes. And, and it was like, wow, embarrassing. He looks off. I was like, actually, this is the cutest I've ever found Justin Timberlake, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I'm being I'm being 100% serious. Oh, the video of him you, dancing, I was like, I've never you. thought Justin Timberlake was cuter than he is right now. Really? As a general rule, I'm repulsed by him. Not even when he's like at his cu- actual objectively cutest? I was not an NSYNC head. Yeah. Well, I thought like Brian Luttrell was a lot hotter than stop. Justin Timberlake. I was a That's Backstreet Boy. so crazy. I was a Backstreet Boy. That's crazy. So anyway. Who's Bozzy? He got popular. This is, want me to read uh, a sentence that'll make you feel like your, your bones will, will crumble oh, no. to dust? Like this will make you, you're, you know, like um in a cartoon where the skeleton like kind of crumbles and then it blows the body. in the wind yeah, yeah. yeah this will do that for <laughs> you um, the body. his song mine released in october 2017 gained popularity in early 2018 when it became a meme through the musically edits and the use of a snapchat lens filter featuring the song <sighs> bazzi has been a vine personality whose 2015 song bring me home was the very first vine featured track on the services flirtation with music discovery he self-released mine in 2017 and it took off once the internet took Bozzy slurring the words, you so fucking happy when you smile, to soundtrack comedic videos with the heart emoji filled Snapchat be mine filter. That was a more descriptive description of what happened with this. And that makes me feel even crazier. I love it. Mm-hmm. I kind of remember this. Yeah, it's a it's a very familiar song. But that's who he is. USA Today wrote, everything you need to know about Bozzy, the voice behind the viral sensation mine. This was written in 2018. One Mine came to him at a pool party. Two, he's a social media sensation. Three, he's opening for Camila Cabello. He already did that. Four, Taylor Swift is a fan. Five, the first album he ever bought was Foo Fighters. Six, he's obsessed with space. Seven, he's Lebanese-American. Eight, his list of talents don't stop at singing. Nine, exes have called him out for writing about them. Ten, fangirl encounters are becoming a regular thing. That's my sleeping. Disease. 11 11 his instagram model girlfriend who has a twin sister never posts him and, oh, and only posts photos of herself with her twin instagram model sister oh my god she loves her twin like is there nothing worse than being an instagram model it's being a twin instagram model meaning there's two of you you know and they're not identical either which i think is good because you don't want identical twin instagram models you want there to be like a slight deviation well yeah because then you're the same model you know you don't yeah. you need to create a little bit more of a market yeah exactly exactly Okay. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Talk about having a broken brain from this beloved podcast. Um, Entertainment Weekly posted on Instagram that there is a third installment of My Big Fat Greek Wedding coming out. And it says, Nia Vardolos is returning to direct My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 in Greece. And, of course, I read it as 3 in Greece. <laughs> Love you guys. Crunch, crunch. 3 in Greece. Three in Greece. Three in Greece. 
Did you ever see My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2? Well, I was going to ask you if you ever saw My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. No. I actually rewatched My Big Fat Greek Wedding like accidentally a few weeks ago. <laughs> and? Uh, terribly written, but perfectly plotted, if that makes sense. Nia Vardalos is very annoying, but also very charming at the same time. Well, Nia, that, it's weird. I was going to say, I think that Nia Vardalos, have we ever talked about Nia Vardalos before? Yeah, we've definitely talked about her before. I just feel like she is such a fascinating Hollywood figure in that, she is. right? She creates this phenomenon that is bigger than any movie before it, right? In this way where it costs no money, it made more money than God. It, it's it's just, it's so unexpected. It's such a hit. It's a phenomenon, whatever, whatever, whatever. She has and her then two her patrons in, to thank, Rita and Tom. Her entire career, her entire career is based off this one product and she almost like can't escape it mm -hmm. ever, right? And it's just crazy to me that first of all, that the, people keep letting her make movies. They're all kind of flops, you know, since, right? I kind of, I have a, I have a quiet soft spot for Connie and Carla. I think Connie and Carla is actually like, and I think I'm not alone here. Connie and Carla has a, has a bit of a cult following. It's pretty cute. The one with her and Tony Collette. I didn't even see that. Because she also just made, like, she made, like, My Life in Ruins, which is essentially, like, a, a woman goes to Greece. And she, a Greek you know, woman and she goes made, to Greece. <laughs> right. And she made I Hate Valentine's Day, which is not about Greece, but it stars John Corbett, the the guy from... How did you say that name? <laughs> I'm sorry. I've done this before. Cor Corbett? John Corbett. You called it. It's like, oh, you used to call Angela Bissette, her Angela Bassett. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. John Corbett. I know. Anyway, she may like who's my from my big factory. I just feel like it's like she yeah. keeps on trying to like redo the the equation. So it's really funny that she's mm -hmm. finally getting my big fat Greek wedding three, even though a big fat Greek wedding two was a f not good, it's not good at all. It got terrible reviews, but I guess these movies make enough money to justify the next one's existence, you know, and especially right. in COVID times where like everyone's trying to like, you're trying to get the lowest bid on like a movie. It's like, I can make a movie for 10 million. I can make a movie for 8 million. And Nia Vardalos is like, I can make a movie for $2 million and like a pretty good per diem if you send me to Greece. Right. But there also does feel like maybe you're, you brought it up too, but the Rita and Tom connection, I think that they love her so much. They have a lot of faith. They're like, oh, I guess you can like make you know, sure, fine, whatever. She made them so much money. She made Tom and Rita so much money that I know. And and, and I know. she and Rita, at least, are such good friends. I do believe that as a genuine, like, long lasting friendship, that it's sort of like, let's do her another favor. Let's throw her another bone. Every few years, they throw right. her a bone. Right. And to be fair, it's not a favor she to make these this. Characters. It's not a favor to, to make a sequel to the, one of the most popular movies of all time, yeah. but it is after having a second sequel movie that wasn't good. Look at Did this. You Look know at this. It what? cost $18 million. Which one? It the made second one? The second one. It cost yeah. $18 million. And it got terrible reviews, and it made $90 million worldwide. So, right. You know? So, it's not a flop. It's just no. a critical flop. Yes. Did you know that they even made, and I didn't know this until it popped up in front of me, a TV series yeah. after the movie, My Big Fat Greek Life. And oh, John yeah. Corbett, as I pronounce it, did not want to be in it. So, therefore, everyone else is in it except for him and... Because of that, they had to rename the main characters to Nia, which is her name. Obviously, they just gave her her name. And instead of Ian, it's Thomas Miller. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's Tula in the she's Tula in the movies. <laughs> right. And it's the same movie, but without John. I mean, the same plot, but without John. Yeah. I watched the first episode with my family because my family loved my Big Fat Greek Wedding. Stop. When the show premiered, we all watched it. We watched the first episode and it was like instantly terrible and we never watched it again. <laughs> It was very like I remember the the sentiment at the time was like this is a this is going to be a disaster, but it's one of those things that I think that they were like, well, this will be worth it even if we only give it like six episodes. If you thought the wedding was fun, wait till you see what happens after the honeymoon. I told my family before we left that we would need time to ourselves. Oh, thank God! Surprise! My big fat Greek life premiere CBS Monday right after Everybody Loves Raymond. Wait, listen, John Corbett had to turn down the role of Thomas Miller because of his contractual obligations to Lucky 2003. I don't even know what that is. Nevertheless, he agreed to be a guest star on the show, which is very confusing, portraying Thomas Miller's best friend, but the series was canceled before his guest appearance could happen. Lucky is the show that he made where he's like a gambling addict. Okay, so that flopped too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Him, Craig Robinson, listen to this. Oh, my God. An FX original series. I remember the posters. I never watched it. John Corbett, 
Craig Robinson, Bo Derek. Maybe that's how they met. Oh, romantic. I think they met on the set of Lucky. They met in 2002. Must have been on the set of Lucky. Somebody wow. got lucky. Not that TV show. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the video in which Nia Vardalos announced this was on Instagram. Uh, oh, I want to teach you your first Greek word, um, which is uh, e-skinothetis. And what that means is um, director. And guess who the director is? It's me. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. They're letting her direct? <laughs> They're letting her direct. Incredible. Are there any other thems in the My Big Fat Greek franchise? All these people are character actor who's, right? Yeah, kind of. Nia, I think. Is Nia a who, right? Is Nia a who? I think she is. She's a who for sure. She's a who for sure. And I think John Corbett is also kind of a who. Yeah. 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 I think so. I think so, too. I think so, too. But she did. But when My Big Fat Greek Wedding came out in what year? What year did it come out? 2002. She was a them. She w- she shot up to them dumb, you know? Well, I, like, the thing about this movie is, like, it's, it's like, devolved into a joke, but I have such a vivid memory of seeing it in theaters. Me too, and I loved it. I sat in the front row because that was all that was left. Wow. Front row. Dude, front row. He the sat AMC in the front row. 24. Yeah, for sure. Oh, shout out to that. Shout out to them. They're closed now. <laughs> oh, well, you know. You know. <laughs> Next call. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Lindsay. I was just talking to a friend of mine about Sam Asghari and she directed me to his sister's Instagram page. Um, I believe her name is Faye Asghari. Uh, The very first post is her in what looks like a wedding dress with a horse uh, and she's gently cradling the horse's head. Um, And it's got the most incredible caption I've possibly ever seen and I'll leave it to you to go read. And I just want to know everything in the entire world um, that there is to know about this woman. Uh, Tim Tebow, lesbian, crunch, crunch. Sam Asghari's sister's Instagram is where we're at currently? Faye Asghari on Instagram. He has a few sisters. He's the only only boy in the family. Her job is cosmetic injector, national trainer. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She's a... And she's a model. Wait, she's a cosmetic injector and horseback rider? What's national trainer? She trains people to be an injector as well. She's also getting like a doctorate in nursing right now. Wow. Her most recent post on the grid is mm-hmm. her, as the caller said, in what looks like a wedding dress. It's kind of like a sequined white dress with a big flowy uh, cape thing. And she's fully glam, clutching a horse. And it says, the most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. Helen Keller. what so that's sam asgari's sister who is she she actually has quite an interesting background she was at the wedding she posted a picture with selena gomez Mm -hmm. and her other sisters at the wedding and selena's there selena's Mm -hmm. there with her hands Mm -hmm. in her pockets selena's there selena's there selena is there and she did an interview last year on the website of a chef named vicky colas it's called Nurse Faye Asgari. I am living proof of the American dream. And so it's Wait. like she gave her entire biography I'm to this woman. Sorry, it's fascinating. I, mean, I need to interject. I just hmm. went to her sister's. She has a sister oh, named yeah. Maddie. Maddie. Maddie is also a cosmetic injector nurse. Yes, they both they both work together. I'm sorry. We have Sam Asgari has two sisters and they're both nurses who do cosmetic injections. Uh, Yeah. And do you think it's lucrative in Los Angeles? <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying like that's... That's oh, that's crazy. It's amazing. Two nurses and they both do cosmetic injecting. Yes. She moved to the United States from Iran after getting her degree in microbiology. And so her story and thing is like, I went to school. I'm quite smart. Like, I got a degree in microbiology in Iran. But when I got to the United States, like, and I met up with my family because her father moved there when she was a kid. She was like, my degrees didn't transfer, so I couldn't actually use the schooling that Uh, I had uh to get a job that I wanted. So Uh she had to go to school again. So she moves to the middle of the country somewhere. I think it was in South Dakota or something. And she gets a degree in nursing science. She moves to Los Angeles, is a nurse, starts doing injectables. And now she's in school to get a doctorate in nursing. She wants to be a nurse practitioner. She's fascinating. There are three sisters, but I can't figure out if the third one is also a I couldn't nurse either. cosmetic injector. I couldn't either. And because I couldn't, I assume she's not. Oh, because I couldn't, I assume she is. Oh, you assume she's also an injectables person? 
Yeah, I assume she's also a nurse who does cosmetic injectables. When there's smoke, there's fire. If there's two sisters who are both cosmetic injectors, there's three sisters who are mm -hmm. all cosmetic injectors, you know? Yeah, this is a great, this is a, a final great um, piece of information from another interview. Yeah. Which she did with Men's Health. It says, she said that she is the reason that Sam went into modeling because she oh, was a model first. Of course, she of said, course. hey, brother, you're pretty. You should be a model in Los Angeles. And he did it. And guess what? That's how he fucking okay. met Britney Spears. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. I'm calling back. I just messed this up. This is where my brain is broken. Okay, long time, long time. Please settle a bet amongst three longtime hooligans. I think that there is a better chance that Stephen Colbert knows who Kristen Cavallari is than if Kristen Stewart knows who Stephen Coletti is. I know that maybe none of these people actually know who the other is, but I think there's a better chance of the first than the second. Other hooligan friends are convinced there's no way Stephen Colbert knows who Kristen Cavallari is and that Kristen Stewart knows who Stephen Coletti from Laguna Beach is. Okay, um, thank you so much in advance, me and Greece, uh, Lindsay Podcaster, Timmy at Coachella. This is one of the wildest questions we've ever been asked. Is there a bigger chance that Stephen Colbert knows who Kristen Cavallari is or Kristen Stewart knowing who Stephen Coletti is? That's crazy. I barely even know how to answer this. I think... <laughs> like a mind game i think the easy answer is that stephen colbert knows who Kristen cavallari is because he's a fucking talk show host and his job is to know exactly. as many pop, pop culture people as possible exactly but i also think that it's pretty likely that Kristen stewart knows who stephen coletti is because you know that Kristen stewart like gets and high at her house LA. and like turns on hills clips right. you know like, like on her la TV. the hills is la culture like i feel like as an la girly which she is at heart and she lives there she's been exposed to laguna yes. beach the hills and maybe yes. the city as a as a thing but you're right there is in terms of like which has a bigger chance, it's that Stephen Colbert knows who Kristen Cavallari is because he's a talk show host yes. and has been exposed to many, many, many cultural, you know, touch points. Many, 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 many. Yes. But like, is but if but if they both know who the other person is, who had who would have more of a knowledge of them? I would argue that Kristen Stewart would have more of a knowledge of Stephen Coletti because it means mm -hmm. she watched the show and therefore yeah. you would have more of a knowledge. Yes, yes. But you didn't ask that. You didn't ask that. Hi, Lindsay Bobby, long time, first time. I'm getting some hooligan friends. We got a question for you. We need you to rank these Tonys in order from who to them. Tony Collette, Tony Soprano, Tony the Tiger, Tony Braxton, the Tony Award, Tony, Tony, Tony. We need to know. Crunch, crunch. What? <laughs> I like uh, <laughs> I, I not okay. beginning with the hold my hand um bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why is this in this call? Okay. Colette, Soprano, Tiger, Braxton, Braxton Awards, Awards, Tony, 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 Tony. Tony, Tony. <laughs> I hate this. I like how Tony do you Gillette, how do you Tony even Braxton, I guess the hooiest is Tony Tony Tony, Tony only Tony, because Tony. of nostalgia you know yeah they're not like still making music <sighs> Tony 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 um, right then how do you even I mean I guess like then who what was then the main Tony, Tony 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 song I don't even know but I they just get brought up a lot because that name is perfect and also there are three people in it who are Tony Tony and Tony <laughs> which is like incredible I think it feels good feels good as their big one but whatever how does that go Feels good. So Tony, 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 whoiest. Then I'm gonna say, oh my god. So we have Colette Soprano, Tiger Braxton, and a war. <laughs> this call, I hate. I don't even. Call. How do you do? How do you even? All of these next ones, they're themy. That's the thing. Colette no. Soprano, Tiger Brax, Tiger next is Tiger next. I think Colette is next. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry. I think she's next. I think Colette, then I think Soprano, then I think Braxton, then I guess a No, Sopranos, Sopranos, Soprano is definitely themier than like, than Braxton. I think Braxton is themer than Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano is a character. Tony Braxton is a, an award-winning, like, decades-long singer. But you know who Tony Soprano is even if you haven't watched The Sopranos. Yeah, but you know who Tony Braxton is by just being alive. It's Tony Braxton. <laughs> okay.
does. I'm not going to rank a TV show character above Tony Braxton. Sorry, that's not happening. So Tony, 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 Tony Collette, Tony Braxton, Tony Soprano, and then what? Is it Tony Awards and Tony the Tiger? Is the Themi is Tony, no, Tony no, the Tiger? No, Tony Soprano, then Tony Braxton, then Tony. Oh, God. This is impossible. I'm not. Is it, okay, what's the themiest one? Because the ones that you have left are Tony the Tiger and Tony Awards. I guess the Tonys are the Vemier one, Vemiest one. God, that's that's so confusing. I'm I know that the Tonys are a them, but also like Broadway's definitely like pretty hooey. No, it's not. It's just more like when you think of Tony, what do you think of? I don't know. I guess I would think of the Tonys, maybe. I wouldn't think of Tony the Tiger. Maybe he needs to be lower. Tony Collette, Tony the Tiger, Tony Soprano, Tony Braxton is the is the themiest Tony. To me, she is, but yeah. you know, you think Tony Soprano is a demiest Tony. I think that Tony Soprano should be higher. Highest, though. I'd actually go so far as to say that Tony Soprano is higher than the awards. <laughs> I, I actually think it might be Tony, 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 Tony Collette, Tony the Tiger, Tony Awards, Tony Soprano, Tony Braxton. You think Tony? Now you think Tony Braxton is is the highest? Yeah. Well, what's funny is like. Tony Collette is Tony with an I. So she's at the bottom. So is Tony, 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 because that's Tony with a Y, I, and E. Axante Gu. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but still. Axante Gu. Axante Gu. Tony, Tony, Tony. Collette. Tony the Tiger. Tony Awards. Tony Soprano, Tony Braxton. Yep. Tony Soprano, Tony Braxton. I think a lot of people are going to agree with you, but I still stand my ground. You think that the awards are number one? No, I think people are going to say that Tony Soprano is number one, but I still think Tony Braxton yeah, is number one. Yeah, I, 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 and also Tony I really Bra- want well, to Tony put Braxton Tony is also with an. One. Oh, the other. Well, the argument against mine is Tony Braxton is with an I, so it's like it, Tony. But still, she's Tony. Yeah, but this is a homophone game. <laughs> this is a homophone game. <laughs> what do you call me? Also, <laughs> um, remember when we skipped work and called in? We all called in sick to work and drove to Connecticut to see Tony Braxton. That was a good day. Remember, we had to literally keep it a secret and not post anything or talk about it on any social media because we yeah. would have gotten fired from our jobs, which was like really funny, actually. And <laughs> let me tell we, you something. And then we went to see her perform at um, Mohegan Sun, and she kept sitting on people's laps in the audience. Hi, Who Weekly. Please rank from who to them the lady, Lady Gaga. Lady Di, Lady A, ladies and gentlemen, in the ladies' room. Crunch, crunch. What? <laughs> what about Lady Bunny? We're ranking the ladies. No, they didn't ask for that. Okay. They well, said rank Lady Gaga, they're missing Lady some Di. ladies in here. No, but this is they're not missing. This is what the call is. This is the thought experiment. Okay. Lady Gaga, Lady Di, Lady ladies A, and ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> in the ladies' room? In the ladies' room. I think they mean the actual space, not there isn't some sort of like cultural ladies' room that we're not thinking of. I think they mean the actual space where ladies go pee. I reject ladies' room. I mean, I don't understand how we're supposed to rank ladies and gentlemen and the ladies' room. <laughs> well, that's why that's why they're calling because okay. they don't know how to do this. Okay. We're the people who know. Okay. We're the ones who know. Okay. Die a Gaga, ladies and gentlemen, the phrase and the ladies' room as a concept. Yes. I don't like it as a concept. I think you know, I'm gender's passe. I don't like it. Who needs a ladies' room anymore? <laughs> Lady what? A at the bottom. Everything should be single stall also. But oh my God. Enough Lady, about that. <laughs> I'm not going to get into your trauma. Lady A at the bottom. Lady A at the bottom for sure. Yeah. We're talking about the formerly known as the, the country group Lady A, the ones who stole the name Lady A, not. They used to be Lady Antebellum. Let's, yes. So people don't forget. But yes. we they changed their name and then stole a woman's name. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, Lady A at the bottom. Then I would say ladies room is next. I just, I don't like it. Also, people don't say the ladies room. Yeah. Doesn't Cher say Hall asked the ladies or something? (laughs) The last time it was relevant. That's the last time it was relevant when Cher said Hall asked the ladies, right? She's talking about Horowitz, not uh, Mononymous. Okay. Sorry. Um, No. Yeah. Yeah. Horowitz. Cher Horowitz. Got a Hall asked the ladies. Okay. Lady A, ladies room. Then Gaga, unfortunately. Then die. Then ladies and gentlemen. Then the the concept of (laughs) then saying ladies and gentlemen because I do feel like (laughs) we still do say ladies and gentlemen. Because we remember, ladies and gentlemen, her. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen her. her. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, we got that. That's easy. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby and Timmy. Um. Um. Okay, we're done. Thank. <laughs> 
sorry, we just heard a call in which the person is talking and then and the middle of the call goes, wait, don't play this call and then just spirals into madness. See, that's the thing. You have to lead up front with don't play this call. <laughs> you can't realize halfway through. We're not going to play it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, we're not going to play it. We're not going to play it. Thank you to everyone who called in. Keep calling in at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for providing our read a theme song. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant for researching and editorializing. Support us on patreon.com slash Weekly for bonus episodes, a Discord server, an occasional newsletter. We just released a new newsletter. Timmy's a creative director. He had a great idea, so we did that. Mm-hmm. And we'll mm-hmm. see you... Oh, rate and review Sample Podcasts. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Uh, first time, long time. I was uh, describing in detail to my boyfriend the whole Austin Butler breakup situation and how annoying he must have been during that time. And I just really need someone else to to hear the thing that my boyfriend just said to me, which is... All I heard is that things have gotten very annoying after nine years of dating. And all I can imagine is, you know, Vanessa Hudgens and this guy have had, like, They've done all the interesting new sex things. And just a casually Tuesday night, they're just, you know, lovemaking. And then he finishes and just, oh, oh, oh. Uh, so thank you so much for listening to that, which will be echoing in my head forever. Um, crunch, crunch, me and Grace. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Long time, first time. Um, I just... This is such an embarrassing person to call about. Um, I just had to pause the pod because you are talking about Lisa Barlow and her DC. And I was just shot back to elementary school when I was really into diet Pepsi and tried to abbreviate it DP and asked my friend's dad if he could get me a DP later and learned very early that that is an inappropriate abbreviation for diet Pepsi. So I switched to Coke. Crunch, crunch. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Drink from who to them. Goo goo. Ga ga. Da da. So I just saw Julia Fox on one of the brand new e-bikes zooming down Broadway. Um, she looked like a dominatrix supervillain. Uh, she was vaping while she was on her bike. She looked really cool. Um, crunch, crunch. Uh, so I may call too much. My three-year-old just said that our dog, our dog Otis, that his nickname is Lindsay Bobby. So, crunch, crunch. Bye. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, Thomas, long time, long time. You played this as a caller. You're doing amazing, sweetie, which, you know, I love. But seriously, what is Substack? Because you keep mentioning it. And it's like the who is, like, I haven't. Is it an email chain? What? Why are we, do I have to pay for it? Love you. Crunch, crunch. Two, 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 two blue. Two blue. Two blue. Come on and take me away. Two, 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 two blue.